0: Thank you for checking out this week's message online. If what you've heard today impacts you in any way, let us know at impact at Is anyone else here math challenged? (laughs) So our heads are exploding right about now, but one thing's for sure, God Himself is moving in our lives, giving us the grace that is ours in Jesus Christ, and we're excited about that. That's why I'm also excited about this series that we're in right now, Invested. Last week, Pastor Greg led us into what it means to be invested now. This week, we're talking about invested here. And next week, invested together. And last week, I was uh, pleased maybe you were too to discover that it's true. It really does pay to go to church. (laughs) $10? Wasn't that fun thinking about how am I going to give this away? How am I going to be generous? And today we're going to, uh, at the end of this message, share some of those stories. We'll even share it with a microphone and hear some from you. But I also agree with Pastor Greg when he said, hey, King of Kings, that's just who we are. That's one of our values, being generous. We want to love well. And uh, I'm excited because that so reflects God's heart. And also, it's sometimes bold to talk about a sensitive matter in church, which is money. But Jesus liked to talk about money. Did you know that he, in his public discourses, talked about money more than he talked about love? Why? Because he was interested in getting to people's hearts. And where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And he didn't want people stuffing their heart into a wallet. He wanted people to open their hearts to him to receive what is true treasure. So here's my prayer for us today. And I'm, I'm going to use the words of Apostle Paul as he writes to his church in Ephesus chapter 1. It says this, I keep on asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Lord, let us know you better today. And I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And Lord, we're praying that you would open the eyes of our heart so that we could see this, the riches of his glorious inheritance. Lord, help each one of us see how rich we are in our inheritance in him, glorious riches may it be so God amen so ironically these last couple weeks I just received an inheritance they're great Uh, and and after taking a portion first of all to make sure you could bless a a certain ministry which was really fun because you want to take care of that part first then I could pay off a loan and then I could put the rest in my emergency fund. And that was it? OK, so it's not real sexy. But it, it, it was meaningful. Now, if I told you I have an inheritance and I said, it was gloriously rich, what would you say? What would you think? Hmm, six figures? No. Seven figures. Glorious rich. Glorious inheritance. Well, as Americans, we probably think in terms of wealth, in terms of riches, in terms of money and having more. And sometimes we get the idea that if I had... That much inheritance. If I had another six figures or seven figures, think of what I could do. Oh, there'd be new car, home, vacations. There would be more of a lot of stuff. Would there be more happiness? Ah. We're the wealthiest country in the world. And when polled, are you happy? How many Americans said yes? Three out of four? 50%? Statistics tell us one out of three. Because those people that are seeking happiness by just trying to get more, in order for them to be happy, they're always looking for more. And it's never enough. And those people that demonstrated a sense of happiness were those that were so filled with thankfulness that they were able to give. And folks, we are rich in our inheritance So that we can be able to give in a way that brings joy not only to our Heavenly Father, but to ourselves and to others. So today, Lord, open our eyes and let us see how rich we are with the glorious inheritance that we have in the saints. So let's look at what that means, glorious inheritance. Jesus begins to teach about what glory means. And he he says it this way. John 17, it was the night before he goes to the cross and he has a prayer with his father. His disciples listen in and they record it. Father, the time has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to those you have given him. Glorify your son. What is the glory of Jesus? (coughs) That he would be able to give his life away. The glory of Jesus is that he would give his life as a pleasing sacrifice to his father. The glory of Jesus is that he would give his life coming into our broken world to live a life perfectly in our place. The glory of Jesus is that in living that life perfectly in our place, he would purchase for us a life that we too would begin to reflect the same. The glory of Jesus, the, the ultimate glory that shows how much he loves us, was the next day when he looked anything but glorious, when he was displayed on the cross in shame. And they're unclothed and naked, except for the crown he wore a crown of thorns that reminded all of the curse of this broken world. That says, and, and, and curse in and, and, and Genesis, and thorns shall infest the ground. And that was the king who took on himself our brokenness the glory of Christ was to literally be made our sin because we could never pay that debt it's priceless the glory of Christ was to take on himself not just physical death but spiritual death separation from the Father why? so we wouldn't have to so that by being sons and daughters in our inheritance, we'd be rich. The glory of Christ is that he would give his life and be raised from the dead. The glory of Christ is that he would give his life and appear to his disciples. The glory of Christ is that he would be ascended into heaven and sitting at God's right hand, be our intercessor to say, I have purchased these riches for you. I used to think that the Christian life was all about giving your life to Christ. I don't know that I would say it that way anymore. It's all about Christ giving his life for you and for you and for me living in Christ. You see, in that relationship of that glorious riches, he meets our greatest need which is a life with him. But out of that, He meets all of our needs. Paul says it in Philippians 4, 19. This way, he says, My God will supply every need of yours according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Every need. Summer during college, a friend and I got on an oil exploration team in Texas, and it ended up taking us around Texas, and we ended up in Wyoming, And after our first paycheck there, after two weeks, uh, my friend sent his paycheck home to save for college. That's what we were doing there. And I took my paycheck and went and bought a 6640 Conoline van, which shows I had the spiritual gift of faith. (laughs) But By the way, not the spiritual gift of discernment. And so we actually were out of money because we but had done that. But we knew that we had enough money for food for the next two weeks in the drawer and we had food in the refrigerator. We went to church and that Sunday morning I remember having set some money aside for the offering and giving that and being thankful. And we came home and found out that someone had broken into our apartment and stolen the money out of that drawer. And the stinkers actually stole food out of the refrigerator. (laughs) Not, that's not cool. (laughs) For Sunday afternoon meal, there was an open jar of peanut butter with a little bit in the bottom. We sat at the table, and I remember vividly, my friend and I actually said, thank you, God, for... Our next meal because we know that you're going to provide for it. Thank you. We just know. And guess what happened that afternoon? Nothing. We got hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but we waited. We waited. We waited. That evening, I was in the front yard. A car pulls up. I kid you not, this was my best friend from college with his family, taking a family vacation across the country. They happened to just be there at that time, four blocks away on the interstate, and they had my address. Our address came on by, and they said, hey, how are you? Hey, we're, we're, uh, we're on our way to the truck stop to the Smorgasburg. Would you like to come? <laughs> Wow! I can still remember the guy at the buffet thing. The first time the plate came through, and I was holding the plate, he goes, man, you can go back for seconds. (laughs) We got back to our uh, little room there. On top of the peanut butter jar was a $20 bill. My, My friend's dad left that. Isn't that sweet? So we had needs. And out of Christ Jesus, what he's done for us He supplies those things. What were our our needs? Well, food, yeah. Oh, but so much more. We have the need to trust. We have the need to believe God's going to provide. We have the need to know that our God goes with us in every situation. And then we have the need to have our lives shaped and transformed by His presence that actually in that case left me to be a much more generous person after that, particularly to people that are hungry. So, let's invest, let's invest here in what Christ is doing in our lives. Let's invest His riches of glorious inheritance in our lives. This is how we'll do it. Now, first of all, we need to understand a little bit about how this works in the Bible. Um, Do you realize that you have an opportunity to be part of what God is doing in people's lives. It's not just enough that through the blood of Jesus he's rescued you, but he's invited you to be part of what he's doing to give that away to others. What, a, what an honor that is. Now the Bible describes when you bring his kingdom into other people's lives, that's called fruit. Fruit. That's called fruitfulness. And God's in charge of providing and making fruitfulness happen. We're just available, but God's in charge of it. But we have a lesson to learn, and it comes from thinking of a fruit. What is this right here? This is a picture of a... Is that the whole tree? See the whole tree? Right? Whole tree? No. Good. What are we missing? The roots. What's underneath it? Because you see, without the roots, there's no fruit. And we may not be in charge of determining all the fruit that happens in our life, but we are in charge of this. Our roots. Setting our roots deeply into Christ himself. And that's what nourishes it. The Hebrew word is shirar. That means also not just roots, but it means depth. And one thing we can do, church, is to put depth into our life in Christ so that it would be Him working through us to produce those fruits, whatever kinds of fruits that He desires. So, fruitfulness depends on rootfulness. Actually, I didn't think of that. I read it in a book somewhere, but it's still good. And that's our point on let's invest its riches here. I think the second thing is pretty significant too. And that is the fact that we need to invest our time in here as well. And um I'm not sure how it works with you. But I know that my tank oftentimes runs empty. I can tell it's running empty when all I can think about is me. And I can really tell it's running empty when I think about me in terms of Judging others, or especially, I, I found something that's really tough for me to to deal with, um, and, and, and it happened because I was taking some time, investing some time in the morning with the Lord, and having a chance to really look to see His life in my heart, and, and, and is, is there a block? And it was because in my heart was something called the sin of offense. And the sin of offense is when you're holding an offense against someone. And they may not even know it, but you know it, and you rehearse it, and you think about it. And sometimes those thoughts come up when they're around or when they're not around, becomes a block between you and them, but your heart goes south, and you feel indignant. You feel justified. You feel, you're right and they're wrong. You guys don't ever have that problem, do you? Oh, my. And I believe that what God wanted for me, I think he wants it for you too, is how do we become those people like him that give grace away, particularly at places like that. And I discovered for myself I couldn't do it. It was bigger than me. If Christ himself did not do it by his spirit, it wasn't going to happen. So in in my journaling as I was going through that, I I said, I I came up with something, Lord, I need a new trigger. That when this scenario pictures, I I know my heart goes south and I, I start collecting a sin of offense. Give me something else that I need to think about. And and pray. And th- this is what he gave me. So that automatically I would say this. Rid me of my pride. Pour out your grace. Let me serve you with my whole heart. Here and in every place. And when we take time with him. We can put our roots deeply into the gospel and his grace. So that when we face times like that. It can become automatically, even even as Christ demonstrated, rid me of my pride and fill me with your grace. Let me serve you with my whole heart here and in every place. I'm not sure what it is for you, but I do know this. You need time with him. It's the most important time of the day. And not just every day, but you need this time here on Sundays. Thank you for being here. That's one of the reasons why, by the way, God said, I'm going to make this a commandment. You need to set aside a day sacred to me where you can rehearse my grace for you. And today, do you realize the average attendance is only of 1.7 Sundays a month for people affiliated in churches. It's just hard to stay filled with his grace on that. So he invites us to that. He invites us to that grace. Invest some time with him. The third thing is that we need to watch out for something. We need to keep money in a godly perspective. We need to learn the lesson of how to catch a porcupine. Here are the rules in how to catch a porcupine. Can't touch its tail. You're going to get... Ouched. Oh, you can't pick him up by the stomach, even worse. Can't grab him by the ears, he'll bite you. This is how you catch a porcupine. You take a washtub and you put it on it. And you have to wash this because that washtub's going to start walking away. <laughs> so, after you put on it, you've got to sit on it. And there you got it. You've caught a porcupine. How does that feel? What are you doing with the rest of your day? <laughs> and a rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus knew his heart, so he asked him this. Well, what does the Bible say? What, he said, well, there's Don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery, uh, don't covet, honor your parents. Jesus says, right. He goes, well, this I've done. Hmm. And while he was doing this, Jesus looked at him and said, one other thing you lack, go and sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. And he went away sad, because he had to sit on a washtub and hold a porcupine that he really didn't want. What what is it? It's self-sufficiency, self-righteousness. It's independence. Independence from God. I I really don't need you. I'm going to work it out all on my own. And sometimes it's even reflected on how we think we can control life and even our destinies with our money. And it can get a grip on us and keep us paralyzed in stupid positions like sitting on a wash tub. When the disciples said, ooh, man, this is bad news, Who can enter the kingdom of God? And he said, well, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And that's what he's saying to you today. It's possible. It's possible for me to give you my life in your heart. Now, there's a scripture I skipped over. I want to go back to it if you can find it there. Because I love this scripture about rootedness. It's in Colossians 2, 6 and 7. It says this, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Is anyone here wondering, am I rooted and built up in him? Because what that does, that gets me off that washtub of self-sufficiency and lets me rely on Him, gets my roots into Him. And out of that, this is what flows. We are abounding in thanksgiving. And abounding in thanksgiving is what looks like fruit in our lives. So today... Let's talk about our fruit. Let's talk about what it means to have that thankfulness, that grace poured into our lives in such a way that we can't help but to give it away. At King of Kings here, we're so blessed. We're so rich. We're rich in Christ. We have all that we need in the gospel of Jesus. And we're so honored that He's invited us to share that. And, and part of that is sharing that in our uh, commitments to what he's doing here. We express that in our financial commitments. We're using a stepladder. And we're hoping that every person here is asking the question, what's the next step in my commitment to the Lord? Next week when we start gathering our pledges it gives you a chance to plan and commit. And we're hoping that, no, we're praying that, no, we're expecting that there will be 10% more people who are going to say, yeah, I think it matters. I think I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to start somewhere in, in my financial commitment to the Lord. So, where are you in this stepladder? ladder? Are you at the first time of giving? Are you ready to become intentional by making a commitment and a pledge here? Now I know this helps our finances but actually we're much more interested in more than our budgeting process. We're interested in the spiritual welfare and lives of people and this helps so much. Are you ready to look at your percentage giving and the Lord gives us Uh, a marker there, 10%. What I have found about people and their giving towards that is that sometimes, and I think this is a good way to do it's just test and see, like Pastor Greg said last week, just test and see. What does 1% more look like? What is 2% more? And oftentimes, by the time you do that, a couple years, you get to 5 and 6, you go, man, I see it. God's faithful. I'm going to 10. And now some are going beyond 10 to sacrificial, maybe That's what God is calling you to. And maybe also, how do you manage your resources, particularly when you're in that life stage that's ready to pass along wealth? We'll be inviting you to also consider to pass along riches in Christ in the way you manage your estate. So that's a ladder that we encourage you to look at. It's all part of what we see God doing that helps make us generous here, part of our culture. So, how was this last week? Was that fun or what? Here are some of the uh, social media posts that came from our giving together. I received $20 on Sunday and was able to purchase 24 pairs of men's socks 15 pair of women's socks, five pair of men's gloves that I donated to St. Stephen's Shelter. You know, I'm curious. What was? Yeah, where did that? Yeah, that's a good one. I want to go there. (laughs) Yeah, that's good shopping. We gave money to a mother doing laundry for her family at a laundromat. (sighs) What does that do to your heart? When you're the giver, what does that do to the heart when you're the receiver? What does that do to your heart when you're remembering that it's, it, it's the glorious inheritance of Christ giving his life for you that you might share it even in small ways like that? How about this one? My daughter decided to give the money to a homeless person we saw out in the street. What an important thing it does for our families that... I blessed a teacher across the hall with a coffee gift card to let her know that she's doing a great job. Oh, isn't that sweet? I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to ask that the ushers would... I have two people on microphones coming up. And one would walk that aisle over there. Thank you, Kevin. Ken, take one from Pastor Greg there and walk the aisle. Um, how, what's your story? Let's share at least six stories of little ways that we had a chance to see the blessing of, of generosity get passed along uh, to our community. So when you uh, uh, have the guts, no, no, when you're ready, raise your hand, a microphone will come to you. Let's do that now. There's one right back there. Thank you, Kevin. And we'll be looking for one over here in just a second. Uh, my kids' elementary school was uh, collecting socks and underwear for the We Care project, and um, so we matched our donation and bought socks and underwear to donate. That's sweet. By the way, I really commend you for that, parents. One of the greatest values you can give your kids is working with them to serve others, and uh, statistics also show us that when you serve together as parents and kids, their faith sticks uh, longer throughout their whole life because of that. Thanks, someone over here. Quick story, right, right back there. I got $20 and I'm hanging on to it for a little while because I like to go to Target at Christmas time when people are shopping and buy $20 gift cards. So I'll buy an extra one this year. Sweet, thank you. Another one here please. Here? Where was that? Right there. Thank you, thank you Kevin. We have a neighbor up the street whose wife is dying, and we made a meal for that evening, and one to freeze. Thank you. Another. One last one. Right over here. You have to run, Kevin. Sorry. Go, Kevin, go, go. There you go. We're meeting you halfway. Friend in my mom's group that is going through cancer treatment and so we're all donating money as a group to help pay for somebody to clean her house for her so on the days that she feels good she can spend the time with her kids thank you after our service we have prayer intercessors I'm gonna be up here too and there's power in praying together if if you would be so gracious, think of the people that you might have blessed with generosity and come and pray with someone else about them and for them so that we might just see how God is going to produce fruit in that area or, or, or with them. Let's do that. And as we get ready to sing this last song, let's remember God's promise to us. This promise that is from Second Corinthians Chapter 8. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. We are gloriously rich that we might have that that we build our life on and share his generosity with the world. Let's stand to sing.